0: My name is Kelly Tyen, and welcome to Addicted to the Climb. Hey guys, welcome to the show. You are going to learn how I overcome adversity, hear from people just like you that have faced challenges but still keep climbing. Are you ready to elevate your life and choose your path? Let's do it together. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Addicted to the Climb today. I hope you are staying healthy and consistent with your goals during these summer months because we all know summer can be a little hairy at times, but enjoy those vacations and your family time as much as you can. Just remember, being consistent is your winning piece, especially when you're trying to be healthy and get strong, And when you're on the climb of life, we have to stay consistent. So, today on the show, I have the pleasure to introduce you to a powerhouse of a woman that I've been following on social for a while now. She is the real deal and she's changing lives day by day. Introducing Lindsay Schwartz, who is a best selling author, a wellness entrepreneur, and founder of the Powerhouse Women Live event. She has a deep passion for healthy living and believes that in order to feel the most powerful in your life and in your business, you must cultivate and nurture a powerful relationship with your own body. I couldn't agree with her more, and the one question she asked herself that changed everything for her was, why not me? I can't wait to dive in with her and talk to her all about this and her journey, and I'm so honored and excited to welcome Miss Lindsay Schwartz to the show.
1: Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: Yes. Well, Lindsay, I first, before we begin, I want to just ask you how you're doing. I know we were speaking a few minutes ago before we pressed record, but you know, during the quarantine, how has life been for you?
1: Yeah, it's. A different answer every moment of the day. I'm sure a lot of you can relate. Some days I am so grateful for the extra time and space to really focus on some new goals. And then lately, this week, I am like, just give me a real person. I want a real person. I'm going to hug the bleep out of you. And I just want to be in person with my friends. So just being real, it's been such a roller coaster, I think, for all of us. And, um, I've definitely had to be mindful of some self-care rituals just to make sure that I'm staying in the the zone and the frame of mind that I really know I want to be
0: in most of the time. <laughs> Agreed. A hundred percent. I think that is so important. Self-care. When we start letting ourselves go and things start to unravel, it's so important to just come back to what makes us feel good, you know, in our either our health life or just putting on a mask at night, right? Yeah. I know. I agree. It's, it's, it's very important. Well, I wish you the best and hopefully this is going to end sooner than later, but let's talk about you. I want to find out where did you grow up? What, did you always have big dreams as a child? Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I am a Midwest girl at heart. I live in Phoenix, Arizona now, but I will always be a Midwest girl at heart. And I definitely was that child in my family, in my school, who just was always really ambitious I never saw myself being an entrepreneur. I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I didn't have a frame of reference. I thought everyone just got a job and that was kind of what you did. So I wasn't ambitious in that way because I think I just didn't have examples of it, but for sure was always the one, you know, challenging myself to get the best grades or just to push myself. I just always had that inner drive, I guess you could say.
0: I love it. So, did so? What was the first thing you dove into? What did you just jump into? Working for yourself, you know. App? Did you go to college? Tell me a little bit about your transition from what you did, you know, after school until yeah. how you got to where you are today. Because you have built an empire for yourself. In as a little girl, you just said you always had ambition and drive, but. What were some of those things that you did along the way that even pushed you further to get to where you are?
1: Yeah, it's funny to look back at the journey. It's never, I don't think many of us are living the life that we thought we would be. And I definitely am not. I I went to school in Wisconsin, graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. If you don't know where that is, don't worry, no one does. Um, Very small school. And I remember just being at this point in my life where a really long-term relationship had ended. I found myself with really nothing holding me to the Midwest. And I I sort of knew innately that if I didn't just go and try something else at that point in my life, I would probably settle down and, you know, start a family and, and do all those things and never leave, which there's nothing wrong with that. There was just something in me that was like, I don't know, like, let's just go try something else. And at that time, I had placed really well in a the National Collegiate Sales Competition, which is hilarious because I thought I hated sales, but I saw this opportunity to gain scholarships and access to companies that would be recruiting, so I went for it and I ended up placing like fourth in the nation in the sales competition, wow. which got me, it's funny to think back on that now, but yeah, got me a lot. Of attention from companies that weren't coming to this tiny town I went to college in and recruiting. So ultimately, I accepted a position um, with a company called Mohawk Industries. I sold carpet. So, not what any little girl dreams of doing, but all I remember is I loved the people. I've always been a people person. And when I resonate with someone, it kind of almost doesn't matter what the don't know what the context of that is. I, I just felt really like, Hey, these are my people. I like what this company is about. And all I remember at, you know, what was I 23 years old is they said, we will move you somewhere. It doesn't snow and we'll give you a car and a cell phone. And I was like, sign me up, mom, I have made it. So here I was, you know, fresh out of college and joined the, this company to do outside sales. I picked Phoenix. It was one of a few places they gave me to choose from, had never been there, but I was like, that sounds good. And um, here I am 13 years later, still in Phoenix, but the timing of it was really interesting. And this is the part that I think relates so much to what the world is going through right now, because little did I know I would accept that job, get through about a year of training and the recession would hit. So here I was in the commercial construction industry in a state that was hit the hardest and took the longest time to recover. So all of a sudden this paradigm that I had growing up in the Midwest where you get a good job, you work really hard and you stay there for 40 years, right? I all of a sudden realized, wow, hold on. I maybe that whole idea of job security just really isn't true in the situation we're in right now. It was the first time ever and I'm so grateful for it because it actually forced me to think about a plan B starting something of my own just in case I ever needed it. So I, you know, really, just thought about well, okay, if I could do anything for a living, what what just sounds really fun? What would I do, regardless of whether or not I was being paid for it? Which is what led me down the path of health and wellness. Um, I used to joke that no one ever called and said you saved my life selling me that carpet. <laughs> yeah, you <know>, I never <laughs> even got a thank you. So. I started a network marketing business, um, about 10 years ago, and that was, that was what gave me the entrepreneurial bug. I I saw examples of people just like me who were really creating life on their own terms. And while I'm not actively building that business anymore, I'm so grateful for the time that I spent learning, learning about sales, learning how to be my own boss essentially. And, um, this is like now becoming a very long story, but the transition to where it, you know, where it led me to what I'm doing today is I I loved a lot of things about uh network marketing and even about wellness and nutrition. Um however, there were conversations that I just couldn't deny that kept showing up all around me. So inevitably I would talk with women about their health goals or just their life goals. And one after another, friends of mine or complete strangers would say something to the effect of, wow, it's so cool how you've started your own business. I've always wanted to do that. Or I have this idea that I've been sitting on for years. And then in the next breath, they would tell me why they were scared or why they didn't feel ready or they didn't feel like they were good enough to do that thing. And every single time, whether it was in person or over a Zoom call like this. I would look them in the eye and I would say, that's how we all feel. Has no one told you that? Has no one told you that everything you're describing is exactly what it feels like to pursue a big idea, to build a business? That just means you're going in the right direction. And it made me realize, wow, we aren't having enough of these conversations. The fact that women feel called to do something bigger and are stopped because they think everyone else has it figured out and they're the only ones who feel afraid or not sure of themselves. I was like, "This is we've got this all wrong. We need to start sharing more of this side of the story. And that ultimately is what led to me writing the book, Powerhouse Woman, which I never intended to turn into everything that it has, but it's gone on to inspire our event, our community our podcast, and this really this growing global community of women who
0: know that they're meant for more. Oh my gosh. There's so much there that I want to go back to. I know. I'm like, then there's the end of the podcast. There you go. And see you guys later. (laughs) See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. (laughs) No, Lindsay, I mean, wow. So Yes, you believe we're all designed to create. And let's just go back to what you said about women being afraid, because what you did was take a step of faith, you had faith in yourself to just make a move. And I think what you said also was a lot of women came to you and they're afraid, they're fearful, they don't want to make mistakes, but let's talk about making mistakes. And you actually made a mistake writing your book. You mentioned in a podcast that I recently listened to about not being perfect. And tell us that story about when you wrote your book and about the cover of your book, something that wasn't perfect. Because I think a lot of women men too not just women we want to be perfect before we start they oh, yeah. think everything has to be laid out before they ha- they have their idea in their head then they they they're trying to do it perfect but that doesn't exist right we know it doesn't exist we yeah. have to, so give us what happened with the book cover first tell us that little story and then let's talk about giving advice to other people that are listening right now of what you did to just start i think that's so important mm-hmm. for people to just take the step.
1: Yeah. And I am for sure a recovering perfectionist. And those of you out there who can relate to that, it's not a bad thing to have really high standards for the work that we do. But there comes a point, at least for me, where perfectionism was just a really cute way to cover up that I was procrastinating. Because there was a deeper fear of, well, what are people going to think? Or what if I get criticism? And so when I wrote my book, I was not a writer. Like I legit had a health and fitness blog for three years and I published on average one article per year. I had exactly three articles on this blog and no one ever read them because I was so afraid of putting myself out there. So when it came to writing a book, the reason I did it was because everything in, it literally challenged everything in me. I had a physical response to the fear and the insecurity and the self-doubt. I literally had to take myself on to even just finish that process. And I had, uh, it was a whole year of overcoming myself day after day. So we get to launch day. And I was so proud, just so proud to do it. I, actually, my biggest fear was that people would actually read the book. I wasn't afraid of the book like being a huge failure. I didn't really want people to read it. But what got me through the writing process was just this little mantra that I've heard so many people say that "done is better than perfect." I and love just getting, getting it out there. Mm-hmm. So ironically or not ironically, I'll let you be the judge. I will never forget sitting in my home office and we had just gotten like the official, I refreshed the screen on Amazon and saw that my book, my little book that I self-published and, you know, had very, very small audience that I was even sharing it with was number two in women in business ahead of like Ivanka Trump and like other people that had, you know, obviously much bigger publishing houses and PR behind their books. And my little book, there it was, number two bestseller in women in business. And then my publisher called. So naturally I'm thinking, well, she's calling to congratulate me, obviously. Um, my editor slash, she's the person who helped me self-publish. And I answer the phone and she said, Lindsay, I'm sick to my stomach. And this was not the response I was expecting. So I kind of like didn't have the words. And she said, I just realized there's a typo on the cover.
0: Wow. And I was like, <laughs> oh come,
1: come again, <laughs> right? it was this surreal moment where you're like, well, no, there's no way that's possible because we had it professionally edited by several people. And, you know, it was this whole thing where you're like, how? I mean, my my editor has a PhD in English. There's no way that this could happen unless it was the perfect thing to happen. And so I sat there and she was, I think, even more distraught than me. I think I was a little bit just still in shock. And what, where the typo was, there was a, people sometimes ask, there was, um, an extra L in the word fulfill in the subtitle. So it was pretty easy to overlook, but then when you see it, you can't unsee it. So I just kind of sat there and realized this was a moment I had a choice to make. I could either allow this imperfection. I'm using air quotes. If you can't, if you can't tell by my verbal air quotes, but I could either allow this imperfection to take all the joy out of that moment, or I could realize that this is exactly the lesson that I needed. This was perfect for me because it was going to show me that even this imperfect book was going to go on and it literally has created a global movement. Women around the world have read this book. We have women in other countries who now listen to our podcast. It's created a multiple six-figure business. And I could have easily just stopped at that point because I was so embarrassed by this little typo and then come to find out there were actually a few other typos inside the book that people just i felt the need to tell me about, I guess. But here is like this thing that I was so afraid to put out there and have it not be perfect. And I needed to see that even an imperfect thing that you actually put out into the world is gonna make fa- a far bigger difference than something you never put out there because you're waiting for the day it will be perfect.
0: Wow. I mean, the quote you said before previously done is better than perfect. I can't tell you enough and stress enough to everyone listening right now. Just what Lindsay said if you have a goal, a dream, Something that you just want to create, just do it. because guess what? Are you judging Lindsay right now for a title, you know, a, a misspell on her book? No, we're not. where that's not what it's about. You did it, Lindsay. Everyone's so proud of you. I mean, you are changing people's lives by this book. And I just want the listeners to really think about what she just said because even for me, when I was starting my podcast, I thought everything had to be perfect and I needed all this equipment. And you know what? I sat back and I said, I'm, I have a dream. I, I feel that I'm addicted to the climb of life. I want others to be on the climb of life with me. I'm just gonna start it with my little microphone, my laptop, and I'm just gonna go and see what happens. And until we actually take the step, you won't know. So I just applaud you for writing the book, first of all, because like you said, you were not a writer. So congratulations. And I just want to dive into your book for a couple minutes because her book is called Powerhouse Woman and how to get out of your own way, fulfill your unique purpose and live a powerful life. I love your title. It's fabulous. I just need to learn how to get out of my own way sometime. (laughs) Same. I'm still in the learning of that whole process. I think we all are and that's that's a good thing. We're always yeah. a work in progress which is the way it's supposed to be. But tell us a little bit, you know, what advice do you give in your book that you can give us quickly right now on how to live a powerful life or how we can fulfill fulfill our unique purpose.
1: Yeah, I think the The inspiration behind the book was to share from the perspective. If you go all the way back to what I was sharing, um, what inspired the book, feeling like we have to have something together before we can ever get started. I really wanted to share from the standpoint of showing women that you don't have to go and learn more or become more qualified before you can make a difference really is is shared from my own story of learning as I go and still very much being on the journey of figuring out what the next stage looks like. But for me, what made all the difference in even being able to put that project out there, the book or anything that has come after it is realizing that first and foremost, these big ideas that we have. And sometimes it's not like a fully formed idea. You just feel like, man, I just really, I, I want to help women. I just see a lot of women struggling with some things that I've struggled with. I really want to help them. That's what an, a big idea feels like in the beginning. It's not, I didn't see myself hosting huge events or, you know, this big podcast. I didn't see a glimpse of that. All I saw at that point was, man, I just really want to help. But then we have to wrestle with that question. Well, why me? Who's, who's going to listen to me? Who am I? There's all these other people doing what I have this idea for, and they're doing it way better. But we have to realize first and foremost, that you're not given that nudge to do something big for Uh, you're not given that big idea on accident that's given to you for a reason. But I think what, what I needed to realize and what I want other women to know is that it's not about us. And that's where I get it. I got it all wrong is I, I felt afraid I was worried about people would think I was making something that isn't about me all about me, not selfishly. It was just out of fear. And the truth is that the the inspiration, the curiosities, the skills and talents that you uniquely have are given to you for a reason, but it's not about you. It's 100% about who you will serve. It's about who you'll help. And if you can just remember that, that's the first step in getting out of your own way because the more we keep our focus on the people that we want to impact, the the answers, the the right next steps for you, those will be revealed. You just have to have the courage to take them when you see them. And that can be a whole other story.
0: And, and I but think, I feel like
1: first and foremost, that's it.
0: Yes. And I think the one question that we always have to go back to is if we do have something burning in our hearts or we, we do want to help others in some way, Other people are doing it. So you have to go back to that question that I said in the beginning that you asked yourself as well why not me? What's different about me than that person? Why can't I do it too? So I think when you sit back and you say, well, why not me? She's no better than I am. I can do that. I think we have to go back to that always because you have what it takes. Like you said, Lindsay, you weren't given that dream on accident. So it's there for a reason. And until you act on it, you won't know. So, like you did writing the book, then next creating this event that I want to get into because I could talk to you forever about so much. <laughs> but I love everything you're doing. And, you know, cre- so the book came first. And then was it your Powerhouse Women event? Did that come next?
1: Yeah. And what happened was I you know, I published the book, it came out in April and my publisher said, well, you should have a book launch event. And I was still really wrestling with a lot of insecurity in the form of not wanting to shine too bright at that point. That's something I've really had to work on and overcome and still do, you know, afraid of putting myself out there and having people think, well, who does she think she is? So I was like, no, no, no. I don't want to do an event about me. I want to make this, if we're going to do something, let's share stories of real women. I want people to hear from other women who are also willing to be just as vulnerable about what has what has gone on behind the scenes of their success. So we, I will never forget. And these, these are the stories that like, I really wish, I really want people to know. Cause if you see where the powerhouse women event has evolved to now, it looks really cool and it is really cool. But that first year I remember, um, Facebook messaging, a spin instructor that I had been secretly you know, cyber stalking, Insta stalking, cause I was obsessed with her spin class and found out she was a wedding planner. And I wrote her a message saying, Hey, I'm thinking of doing this little event. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? And I think she just took pity on me because she did it for like, under a thousand bucks. She just kind of like helped me put some, some of the pieces together and I'll never forget sitting in her office. And she's like, well, like what's it called? And I, I literally in my mind was like, uh, I was like, well, the book is powerhouse woman. So I guess it'll be the powerhouse women event. And we did that first event. It was like a half day. And I remember just the feeling in that room. I will, I wish I could have bottled it. I never will forget, especially that first, first event. And then women said, well, when's the next one? And, you know, I never planned to make it an annual thing. And that really is how this journey has unfolded is you do the, the big scary thing that's right in front of you. The thing that you're like, man, I can't get this out of your, out of my mind. And it feels equally exciting and like you want to puke. That's usually a good combination. That is the perfect analogy. It is yeah,
0: perfect analogy. I've been there, done that. <laughs> exactly. It, it is. It's the same feelings. They're equal. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I, I said, well, I don't know. I never really had planned to do another one and, and actually didn't even commit to hosting another event or making it annual until like four or five months later, well into the next year. And, you know, I just have really had to give myself so much grace that this, this has taken on a life of its own. I, I don't, have any idea where this will be in five or 10 years because I never imagined it would be here. But now, because I've done a few scary things that I have this experience under my belt, it's not as intimidating when I go to do the next big scary thing. But don't get me wrong. I always feel a little bit like an imposter, always. And if I don't, I know I'm actually not thinking
0: big enough. And I love that. I love that you just said that because it's yeah. so true. That, this is how real she is, you guys. I know this because I've been following her, but you are. You're so real. And to say that is making me, as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman, also just say, okay, so she feels like I do on certain days. So, anyone listening, everyone gets afraid, everyone's scared, but taking that leap of faith and having faith in yourself is what it's about, right, Lindsay?
1: oh yeah yep and anyone who tells you they don't is just a liar or they're delusional themselves and we love them but let's be honest 99 percent of people i guarantee anyone you look up to still feels like an imposter sometimes and then the second thing is this is like a big secret are you ready we're all just figuring this out as we go literally no one uh, no one has it figured out no one has it all together day by day, I'm like, huh, how are we going to do that? All right. Well, let's Google it. Let's find out if someone else has done it. Let's look for evidence and, you know, and just allow ourselves to stay in the playful energy of what is possible. Like, wouldn't it be really cool if we could do X and then we just try to figure out how to do that. But I have no idea normally how I'm going to, like, if I have a really big idea, I don't know exactly how I'm going to get there. And giving myself permission to be in that space and feel a little bit like an imposter and know that that just means I'm thinking big enough has given me so much freedom to just go for it in a way that I wish I would have had 10 years ago.
0: I want to ask you a question though, because I know there's people listening that are maybe they're solo entrepreneurs, you know moms at home, and do you have a team that works with you? How do you go about your tasks? You know what advice do you give the woman that's up and coming and wants to create something doesn't know even her first step? What would you tell her?
1: Yeah, I love that question um, because i've for the most part until January of this year, so just a little over six months ago. I was a team of one. Now I would still write emails to people to like bigger companies and say we, but it was really just like me and my dog. <laughs> Cause you know, I was trying to make it sound like a bigger deal than it really was. Wow. But here's what I will say. That doesn't mean that I've ever done this alone. And the motto of powerhouse women is we're not meant to do business or life alone because the biggest misconception is that you have to have this big impressive team in order to have help but truthfully i have always been really honest about the places that i'm just no good at and i've found people who have skills and talents that complement my own and in the beginning i would figure out a way to exchange value with them and i'm using that term specifically because it, it i didn't always have the money so I would find a photographer friend who is looking to build her portfolio, you know, if I needed some brand photos and, you know, I would find a way to add value to her, promote her in exchange for a discounted photo shoot or a free photo shoot. And I just had to get really scrappy. I love, um, I think it's Damon John, who's one of the sharks on shark tank. He has a book called the power of broke. And it's about how it, when you don't have the resources in the beginning, it is the best thing for you because it forces you to get really creative and be bold and ask for what you need. But I, I really have learned that when I take the risk on myself, and a lot of times that is a financial risk. When I hire someone to help me with an element of an event or the business, it's, it's like saying energetically to the world, to the universe, whatever you believe that I'm worth it. And this idea is worth it. And that doesn't mean that it always works out perfectly. I've definitely, you know, paid people to do websites and not gotten what I thought I was going to get. I've made some of those mistakes, but there's something really cool energetically about investing in your big idea, hiring a mentor, um, being a part of a community or a mastermind. It makes you take yourself and your idea more seriously.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's so true. And I just applaud you for everything you're doing, and I love your word of 2020 because. Tell us that word that you're using now.
1: <laughs> so I, we've just decided within uh, the mastermind group that uh, that I lead. We decided that our word for the year is reimagine, <laughs> because, I, love it. I and I I'll never forget. I'll just like even tell you. I haven't actually shared this with anyone. I will never forget as you know the just whole situation with covid-19 started to unfold. Here I am leading my very first mastermind. I've been a part of high-level masterminds for a few years now, but I knew that it was time women in our community were asking for one. So here I am leading this group of about 20 entrepreneurs through a year that was intended to grow their businesses. And then a pandemic hits. And I just remember being so mad at God. I was like, why? Why do you have me in this position right now, right? I had like that little freak out moment, feeling like totally unqualified to do this. And I just said, well, I'm here. So clearly I'm meant to be in this position for a reason. And the one thing I know is that I can control what I say, how I say this is going to go. So I, I'll never forget. I I pulled together, you know, did a, a bonus call for our mastermind because I knew they were freaking out. And I just said, look, we have the opportunity to say how this is going to go. And I don't know how it's going to go. There is a ton of uncertainty, but we are not necessarily, we, we're not going to look at this as change. And we're not going to look at this as, all of the negative words that we could assign to what's happening. We're going to reimagine this. We're going to reimagine our businesses. We're going to come to the table leaving so much room for magic, even in the midst of things looking like they are a total SHIT show. I don't right. know if I can swear on here. Right. So you, you can read between the lines. But, you know, it, it was just this moment where I clicked into, I think, a different, a different part of myself that I didn't know was there. Had I not been forced to step up as a leader during this time, I wouldn't have known I was capable of that. So this word reimagine, it just has so much more energy to it than, you know, pivot or we've had to adjust. We've had to downsize, you know, there's a lot of words we could use, but I, I think words are powerful. And when I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, when I think about the energy that reimagining gives it, It's like that little extra room for the unexpected. And that's where all the magic happens.
0: I love, I love, love, love it. I already, I wrote the word down. And I think even just for anyone, reimagine what you can do in the midst of a crisis. And when you start thinking, it puts a smile on your face because it's almost like you can reinvent yourself in a way as well. So there's so much possibility and I love the word it's perfect like you said we can pivot and use that but reimagine it the possibilities it it just puts a light on so many things so many areas yeah. that we could you know change for the better so I love that but lindsay before we wrap things up because like i said i could speak to you all afternoon. <laughs> I want to ask you a fun, a, a few fun quickfire questions. Oh, cool. Yes. So are you ready? Um, what are you reading right now? I am a weirdo and
1: I'm always reading like three or four books at a time. I am whatever, too. Okay. I'm glad I'm not, I'm like, <laughs> so I don't a weirdo if too. <laughs> makes, if that makes me indecisive or overly ambitious. So, um, let me think of the one that I am literally, um, blanking on the name it's sitting downstairs, but I'll tell you what I just finished. Cause that one for whatever reason is escaping me. Um, I love Kara all She's, she wrote girl code and a bunch of other great books. She, she was has a new book
0: on my show. Oh, amazing. Um, yes. So I maybe love- Maybe a month and a half ago she was. Yes, I love oh, her. okay.
1: So you all know just how fabulous she is. I just finished Girl on Fire because I oh, had her I on her. our podcast on Powerhouse Women. And then um, I have to give a shout out to my other girlfriend, Jess Ekstrom, who wrote Chasing the Bright Side. Yes. So I keep this little stack of my of books right on my desk where I'm sitting right now. Of women who inspire me, because i'm I'm working on book number two, so I
0: feel like it's like good juju to have their books exactly. Books. I love it. Two <laughs> great women right there. love yes. them both. So, Lindsay, what is the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up?
1: i It's very hot here in Phoenix, if you can imagine. so, and i I love getting outside and like breathing, taking a couple deep breaths in fresh air. So because it's so hot, the morning is like the only time I can be outside. So I go outside right by my pool. I take a couple deep breaths. I usually do a devotion or some kind of like a, you know, just connect in with what's most important to me. And that's the best way to start my day.
0: Perfect. What about the last thing you do before you go to bed?
1: Oh, I'm in my um, mid thirties. Now my skincare routine is like getting a big, like, front um, and center priority. So there's like a 12-step process. Probably about, it. Bed, oh, right? Yes. But it is, it's like a ritual and where I always thought it was like kind of a pain, I would just basically like wash my face with a washcloth, not do any of a thing. Now I have like 12 creams and there's like a a double cleanse. I even have like a fancy little headband that holds my hair back. So it's like my my nighttime self-care unwind ritual.
0: I love that. And and it makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. I, to be honest, I have to say this I was the girl to never wash my face. <laughs> so, oh, I know. I, isn't it? You, we just cringe thinking about I, our like 20s or earlier. Oh, it was <laughs> awful. And now, the same way, I have product after product. I put, you know, but you know what? It, you go to bed with clean, fresh skin. You wake up with clean, mm-hmm. fresh skin. It's a whole new world, right? <laughs> um, Lindsay, you're in great shape. So, I want you to give all of us, because a lot of my listeners are into health and fitness, what is your favorite clean meal?
1: Ooh, so um, I cook about five meals on rotation. My poor husband, thank goodness he is like not picky. We love a good burger salad. So it's basically like a deconstructed burger, like ground turkey, romaine lettuce. And of course we put a little bacon on there. Like, you know, you got to have balance, but it's so good. And it basically like satisfies that craving for a big juicy burger when you're still trying to keep it kind of light.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Now, what about, what is your favorite cheat meal?
1: I am not a believer in cheat meals, so to speak. I, But I will say, you know, now living more of just like a life of balance, there's nothing I really deprive myself of. Um, But we've got this local little mom and pop pizza place here in Phoenix. And so we we just like tell ourselves now we're supporting a local business that just makes us feel good about ordering a huge pizza. But yeah, that's my favorite.
0: So that's your go-to snack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love it. Well, I want to just wrap this up and thank you so much for answering those fun questions. But I always ask all my guests, what are you climbing towards next?
1: Gosh. Well, um, one of the biggest things that we reimagined this year was our live event. So we typically do a live annual conference, the powerhouse women event in September. And it was pretty clear that this year it wasn't going to be possible for us to have hundreds of women in a room. Um, so, we reimagined it and we went virtual. We are, we literally rented out this huge video studio. We're going to live stream a day that looks and feels just like our signature event. So, people will literally feel like they're sitting front row at an event. We have these amazing speakers. And what was cool about when, once I leaned into that vision, I realized that now instead of Being limited, our impact being limited to just the couple hundred women who could have been in the room with us in Phoenix. Now we're we're creating something that's accessible to our community around the world. I mean, we have women in um, Ghana, we have women in the Dominican Republic, in the UK, Europe. You name it, we have women all over the world who listen to the podcast and connect in with our calls, and. Now it's something that's truly going to connect our community all over the world. And I am i never would have considered a virtual option had I not been forced to. So again, just tying it back to that reimagine word, sometimes when you're forced to step back and reimagine what you thought this year was going to look like, you get something even better. And so I'm so excited to do that. It's September 12th and you all are invited. Of course, um powerhousewomenevent.com is just where you find all the details.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. It's super exciting and I I can't wait to see how this evolves for you. So where if somebody wants to connect with you, where would they go?
1: Yeah, so the best place is on Instagram. I think that's like where all, you know, female friendships now are, are started. I know I've met so many of my friends on, on Instagram just through a DM exchange. So yeah, I have a personal account. It's just Lindsay Schwartz with an extra L at the beginning and then powerhouse underscore women. And you can find me on either
0: one of those accounts. Perfect. Lindsay, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. And I just want you all to remember what Lindsay said. It's never too late to reinvent yourself and start pursuing what you're passionate about. So if you've been thinking about doing something out of your comfort zone that excites you, do it, right? Because regret is always worse than if you tried. You don't want to have regrets. So, Lindsay, again, thank you. I appreciate everything and all the advice you gave us. I wish you the best of luck and hope to see you in person someday.
1: I can't wait. Thank you so much, Kelly.
0: Okay, guys, I truly appreciate you all taking the time out of your day to tune in. And until next week, keep on climbing. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I'm offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, Keep on climbing.